You're listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,207. And I think we have a good one for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Care Partners has evolved as a unique model focused on what's best for the patient and family, while directly impacting the cost of care for health systems, government, commercial insurance payers, that's why I've invited my friend Rodney Burris, who is also the co-founder and president, to join us to talk more about the evolution of his firm. Rodney, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Rick, thank you. It's great to be here. It's great to have you back on the program to talk about the evolution of the company. But before we go there, let's spend just a couple minutes for the audience to get to know Rodney Burris. Tell us a little bit about your path to where you've come to today, my friend. So, uh, thanks, Rick. Um, uh, my story is really one that uh, um, I think I tell it best when I reference my past as a professional patient. I have a lot of colleagues who joke that what I'm doing is testing the hospitals and the skilled nursing environments and all, <laughs> so I know where to place my parents. But the truth is, is I feel that I've been blessed in my life uh, uh, moving towards 15 surgical interventions. I'm hoping that I'm done with those. Mm -hmm. But when I look back and reflect in my life, I realize that not only having a family with really strong values um, comes into play when you're looking at moments of crisis, an unknown diagnosis, right. or moments of healing, but strangers caring for you and the power in human connection is really what's uh, impacted my life and has made healthcare a purpose and a calling for me. So, how long have you been in and around the healthcare industry? Forty-one years. Okay, as a patient, <laughs> but, <laughs> but as a professional on this side of yeah. it. So, uh, immediately after getting out of the army, I uh, I uh, started at a home home health company in Augusta, Georgia, as a three-week medical records clerk, and that was seventeen years ago. Okay, and you in. What is it about this space that keeps you connected to it? Human connection, okay. interactions with others. And I feel that my experiences, I think, have blessed me with an innate ability to deeply connect with people. And I just get so much enjoyment out of being there alongside of families, not just necessarily for crisis, but really being able to connect with them and share my experiences and hopefully um, impact them as much as they often impact me. Mm -hmm. So le let's talk for our audience who are CEOs, business executives across the country, if not around the world, because we do have people that listen in other countries to the podcast. What is it that Care Partners, we talked about the evolution, where, where are you on the evolution of delivery of services? What kind of things does your company do? So we started, so... Uh, uh, you know, I'm flying solo today, and Randy Platt, my partner, right. is not here. You should mention Randy. The two of us uh, filed Articles of Incorporation three years ago this July, and that was wow. really to, to be in non-medical home care. But when you look at our broader business plan, it was really taking our experiences from home health, from palliative care, from hospice care, from physician practice, to really finding a solution for the post-acute. So patients coming out of the hospitals. It's a very fragmented environment, and the healthcare system has been talking about it for 17 years. How do we reduce readmissions? How do we address this population that's very fragmented where care delivery is? So um, 
in that first year, we acquired a medical practice that was um, specialized in transitional medicine. Mm -hmm. And I know we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, that's become a very intriguing and important piece of our model, having the physician and nurse practitioner presence. Uh -huh. Senior placement is another offering where we'll go in, and if home care is not the right option for somebody who is desiring to live at home, but maybe an assisted living or memory care might be better, mm -hmm. um, we guide that process. And then comprehensive case management, which is the really challenging cases that could involve late-stage dementia, very comorbid, uh, chronically ill patients um, who need a village built around them, mm -hmm. whether they're going to live at home or be placed. So we're talking with Rodney Burris, and he is co-founder, as he said, with his partner, Randy Platt, uh, of Care Partners. And and, and so let's let's unpack that a little bit. When, when you guys looked at the market and you said, we want to be in this space, how did you, what is it about the... Uh, when they get released from the hospital space that you said, hey, there's a, th as entrepreneurs, there's a problem there that we could, you know, solve or at least attempt to solve. So if you look up the word readmission, whether you use Google, Yahoo, Bing, you're going to see a million articles on it. You're going to see a million studies. You're going to see it being a widely used word for the last two decades, which means it's a pain point that's unsolved. And so that's typically the biggest crisis in some people's lives. They've either gone from independence to suddenly life has changed because of some event, right? right? Could be a new diagnosis, could be a fall with fracture, and family gets sucked into that. And so that crisis sometimes becomes overwhelming, not only for the individual, but the family. Mm -hmm. And it tears families apart, frankly, because then finance comes into it. So for us, I think what we've seen in our experiences is one common denominator, and that's when you focus on the connection piece, which means it's necessary for people to go into a home and deliver care, but it's even more necessary for them to be able to connect with who they're delivering it to, because it touches on the psychological and psychosocial components. And that is something that we've set out to measure simply to show how it is of the utmost importance in solving the pain point. Okay. So this is, are these are these, can I call them patients? Yeah. Are they, do they skew to an age demographic? As you were talking, I'm sort of getting in my mind a certain age demographic, because I don't want to bias it. What are you finding? Yeah, so so it's our beloved seniors, you okay. know, our older adults, okay. uh, typically 65 and above. So Medicare aged, they could be referred to. Um, um, that's where we're seeing 95% uh, of okay. the clients we see. Uh, I will say there are some younger than that um, that um, are diagnosed with ALS or have a traumatic brain injury or uh, become paraplegic or quadriplegic through some accident. Mm -hmm. That's another population that um, we pride ourselves in caring for because there's usually a significant need. And when you look at it, sometimes the change in their condition, which leads to depression or a right. lack of quality of life, right. that's what we're addressing through the human the human connection component. So again, it's got to be the right provider walking in uh -huh. as a stranger and having the capability to connect. So let's let's peel that back a little bit if we could, Rodney, here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Um, you're talking about having employees, frankly, who can make that real human connection quickly with a variety of people who aren't in their best uh, frame of mind, let's say, for that at least. Life's 
throwing them a curveball or something has happened where they've sort of lost control in many ways of their life, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you're there to do. How do you identify people <laughs> who you believe independently can do that in an unsupervised way, you know what I mean? They're, they're not yeah. under your office. You can't watch their behavior necessarily. So Yeah, when you look at it in this less than three years, we've only been seeing patients for two and a half years now. We have over 300 associates now, and this is all mobile. So if you go to our office, there's only 16 sitting in the office. The rest are all mobile. So that's right. the golden question. How do you find, hire, and manage these individuals? Randy and I talk about, about bringing our personal stories into this, mm-hmm. and creating it through experiences we had. And so when you, I think, dive down into that, there's a real why behind what we, why we do what we do, okay. which means we love what we do, right? We find that hiring folks who are in this for a why or a purpose, more so than a paycheck, so more of the intrinsic than the extrinsic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've developed our screening and recruitment um, process really to focus on that. And I got to tell you, the growth that we've seen in this time is really about the people who are delivering the care. We have a vision, they're bought in, but the ones who deliver it, the impactful stories coming out of our patients' homes right. are unbelievable. And again, at the center of it is the connection component. We, we drill down each time in our case studies. And while, again, it's important to be able to address crisis and, and scenarios where we might have a, a return to the hospital and we might prevent that, mm-hmm. but really the preventative measure is their trust of the individual who's guiding them in the very moment of that crisis. Right. And, and, they, and that trust comes from the fact that they've connected. So is there... My assumption is, Rodney, that there is, but you tell me, a set of factors that are controllable that if the patient in their home or another setting would do the right things or the things that are in their best interest, the chances of them being needing to be readmitted goes down. Is that a part of the connection that you're making, helping people to properly care for themselves in a un- somewhat unsupervised manner? Yeah, you've, you've nailed it. So, I mean, there's really three components, and that's why we track clinical and quality of life outcomes. Okay. The clinical is important. 60% of unnecessary readmissions are because of medication mismanagement. The average number of meds our patients come out of the hospital on our physician practice uh-huh. is greater than 13. 13 medications oh to manage, gosh. right? Our highest patient is 37. So think about that. So you look at all the different things that can occur with either missing a med or they didn't get delivered. That's critical, and that comes with the skill set of who's coming in to really identify and make sure that everything that was needed coming out of the hospital is there. But um, that other piece that I'm talking about is critical is the noncompliance, right? If we're having an impact, possibly in some cases bringing someone purpose back because we're sharing stories, we're engaging, right? suddenly there's an openness to listening and learning mm. about their chronic illness, mm. whereas before they've been closed off and it's like, just let it take me to the grave. Mm-hmm. And we see that, and we see it in case studies. It doesn't happen every time. It's not perfect. There's some that you can't change. But we're seeing a significant change, and our clinical outcomes demonstrate that with the readmission percentage as low as it is. Okay. So we're talking with Rodney Burris, and we're talking about his company that he co-founded with Randy Platt. We're talking about care partners. And um, it seems to me that this provider, your person in there working with the patient also has to be able to make connections with the family. I mean, right? I mean, it's, it should be so simple as only a one-on-one. It must not be that simple. You have a lot of insight. You might want to come work with us. That's true. The funny thing is, is a lot of times when a patient returns to the ER or the hospital, 
It's not the patient. Patients don't want to go back. That's not where quality of life. They want to be in their homes. That makes sense. It's the family member with the emotional connection that every time mom or dad or brother or sister has what they think is an exacerbation, oh my gosh, your blood pressure went down. We got to go. They're the ones calling 911. Mm. We're tasked with identifying the the economics and the atmosphere of a home when we walk in. So who's got decision-making power and who's really kind of leading what might have been the cyclical nature for this patient going back and forth? And how do we stop that? Mm. Sometimes it's through the connection with the family member to say, we've got to change this. Wow. This this is a unique skill set for which you're attempting to hire in a very tight labor market right now. And you're you, you, you hold yourselves, I know from talking with you, to a very high standard on the mm-hmm. people that you allow to come into the company. So that, that must take a certain amount of energy on, on your part, on Randy's part, and the rest of the team to make sure you're, making the, you're staying true to your commitment, right? Yeah. It's, um, you know, I think the biggest frustration for us is the number of patients or clients we have to refer out each week, which is a good problem to have in most businesses, right? Okay. I don't want to give those patients or clients to someone else, but we have trusted partners who could be perceived as competitors, but we've aligned ourselves with them because we would trust them with our own parents, mm-hmm. right? There's other good providers out there. So the truth is, is if we've got to do the right thing by, the, by way of the patient and we don't have the staff, the necessary staff to provide a, an experience that has continuity, same faces, right? Putting a new face into the home with every visit or every shift right. doesn't allow for that connection to happen. And so those are the decisions that go into um, us doing what's right by the patient. And, and while we continue to try to jump outside of the hoop and say, how do we hire faster? We can't sacrifice the why, which means we will continue to do this and use our partners in areas where we, when we identify the right individuals, we bring them in and, and the growth you know, continues, assuming they're right. Right. So we're, we're having a thoughtful conversation here about the business with a thoughtful co-founder. And I, I wanted to come back to kind of an earlier thing that you said. And I'm curious, how did, from an entrepreneur's perspective now, um, from a, looking at the business model, how did you and Randy decide bringing in a medical practice made sense for the business? What, what was it about the business that got you there that that was the right thing to do? So I talked about our experiences in the past playing into everything that was built in this business plan. What did we learn? What were failures? What were successes? And how can we identify those? Our most recent aspect, the, the, the most recent job that we both came from was Silverado Senior Living. Heard of them. And I had a personal story with my grandmother there. And when they said, we give life to those we serve, and that's a big statement. That's like magic, right? Mm-hmm. I saw the magic, and the magic was, again, through the human component and the environment that they created for late-stage dementia residents. There was an aspect of that that we wanted to bring into the home. And so it's taking little pieces that we've learned from Mm. each of those pieces of our background that said, okay, if we've got a fragmented environment post-hospital, you need the physician and nurse practitioner component because that's what was built into the silver auto model that I thought was really valuable. Okay, okay. They were able to, when needed adjust medications, right? When there might be some behaviors happening or when um, a patient's not sleeping. And so it's creating, you know, a crisis situation during the day for, for family members. That was a component we knew we had to have. We were just blessed to be introduced to global transitional care at a time when um, they were preparing to pivot. And so for us, it happened two years earlier than we thought it would on okay. our business plan. So it was a fortunate circumstance that they... because. 
as we just talked about how difficult it is in your screening process to bring in people that are in home care, it must have been that plus something to find a medical practice that aligned with your value systems. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're all that way. But it just seems to me that it, it might take a unique uh, organization for you to feel comfortable bringing them into the family. It is. And when you compare, a lot of people ask, who is our competitor? There's other transitional medicine companies um, that are out there. Um, when you look at our focus versus theirs, I think it's a real differentiator. We're willing to go into the homes of the patients. All right, A lot of house call physicians or traveling or mobile physicians um, really focus on assisted living, memory care, because you can go in and see a number of patients mm. in that one visit. Right, right? Yeah, one the many. And I'm not saying that's putting quantity over quality. I'm saying that's a business strategy. Huh. For right. us, taking care of the high acuity and going into each home with a high-cost physician or nurse practitioner, most would say, okay, you guys are crazy. How do you justify the cost of physicians versus the Medicare or private insurance reimbursement? And there's a little secret sauce to our model um, in the long run with really how we're building it to partner with hospitals and payers okay. that um, have a strategy that go far beyond just the physician practice component, okay. but really an in-home team that you've just seen us talk about that involves a physician, a nurse practitioner, a social worker, and highly trained personal attendants who are really have disease-specific knowledge and serve as the eyes and ears for the rest of that team. Hmm. So you, I love it when I have entrepreneurs on the radio show who have a tailwind of a macroeconomic or a socioeconomic or a demographic trend. Last thing I read, I'm pretty sure we're aging in this country. Yes? Yeah. More and more people are moving into the demographic that you earlier identified. So was that a factor at all in how you and Randy picked of where we wanted to go? I mean, is it helpful to have a growing population of potential clients? Let's just talk in business terms, Rodney. It is. Um, and there's more data on top of that. People are living longer. Mm. There's more people being diagnosed with dementia or some form of cognitive impairment or dementia every day. Jeez. There's no cure for right. those, right? right? And a growing percentage of that population wants to age in place at home. So the question is, is if we're living longer, we have more cognitive impairment, which generally requires more care, and we want to stay at home, how do we help them do that? Right. So that's... Um if I was ready, I would have had my engineer ring the gong because the loyal listeners know here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast, whenever we ring the gong, it means that something profound was just said on the radio show that you should go back to listen to. So uh, there it is, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Just go back about 30 seconds, maybe a minute, just to get the runway onto it. But um, underneath all of it, a compassion-based business is some hard realities about the, the business opportunity as well, right? Right. So you recognize that, and now you've built a differentiated business model in what might become a crowded space because of the, the, the demographics that are happening. Other entrepreneurs are looking at this as a market opportunity. I only have like a minute left, but I wanted to ask you at a very high level, there's been a lot, not so much recently, but over the past three, four years, there's been a lot of conversations about how the healthcare system has to change based on things like the Affordable Care Act, et cetera. Um, how much of that is creating opportunity or challenges for you guys at Care Partners? 
You know, that's a great question. And there's a lot of unknown, right? There's so many moving parts. Um, there's so many things that play a role into that changing environment, uh, all the way up to politics, right? I think when you look at our model, where we feel, and this isn't a sense of comfort, but um, it's, it's our goal to diversify and be able to adapt to the changing environment. Um, as much as we want to stay ahead of the curve in this business, you're going to have to flex and, and be aware that there's laws that can change Medicare. There's, there's the unions that are coming into home care in California. That could have a oh, huge effect. Okay. So a lot of things that are out there. For us, I think it's the diversification. So when you look at our model, there's seven different streams of revenue that go from the government payers to the commercial payers to private pay. Okay. And so that gives us the ability in our minds to be able to pivot and and adapt if we think that there is um, a new road mm -hmm. that we should travel based on a change. Excellent. Great answer. Thank, Thank you. you. I wish we had more time. Let's uh, wrap this up here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast with Rodney Burris, co-founder of Care Partners, also president. Um, if someone would like to learn more about you online, where should they go, Rodney? You could go to our website at www.carepartners.us, and that's plural. Um, I would give you, we're on Twitter, we're on all the social media, but um, I, uh, I would mess all of those up. So you could find all of those links on the website <laughs> as well. If there's a, a, a need for anyone or a family member out there calling our not line, which is uh, manned by a human, who works with us and not a call center 24 hours a day. Uh, that's 949-556-3433. Thank you for being a friend of the program, giving of your time to come in and share a bit of the updated story. I'm so proud of what you guys are doing and encouraged by the business that you're developing underneath you. So I appreciate you, consider you a friend and a part of the critical mass community. Thank you. My pleasure, and thanks for having me. You're really welcome. enjoy it, Rick. Yeah, of course. And I'd like to thank uh, our engineer for today, the Gongmeister, Mr. <laughs> Paul Roberts, as well as our um, producers, uh, who with, without whom we could not do this show. They are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me, do it on LinkedIn. I am Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will help to move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.